This is episode number 394 with Dr. Nancy Lee on how to thrive in today's dating and sex culture. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. And every week I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value. This week's tip is be proactive, not reactive. So much of life is about planning in advance how you're going to respond to stimulus. And when we don't plan and we don't process, we end up reacting, which is not us at our best. And so, right, (laughs) as a therapist, Dr. Nancy Lee knows this for sure. And especially now we're taping this during the pandemic. And this is such an important time to be proactive about what you want in your life, what you want to create, whether it's in dating or relationships in general, we have to be proactive in our lives. So my challenge to you this week is to choose something that you're, where you're being reactive, where you're finding that you're reacting to somebody in your life or something in your life, and take a step back and pause and figure out how you can be a little bit more proactive so that you're not as reactive with that person in the future. Before I bring Dr. Nancy Leon, I just wanted to let everyone know that I have an amazing Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are a group for women over 40 who are interested in positive feedback on their dating journey. So whether you're newly single or you've been single for a while, whether you're in a new relationship and you want to grow as a person, this is the place to come. We do not allow victim mentality, bashing of any kind. This is a really positive forward moving group that is monitored carefully so that we can avoid what happens in a lot of groups for singles. You know, people just get into these conversations that are just so destructive. So we want to support you to go on your last first date. So join our Facebook group, Your Last First Date. And now for our guest, Dr. Nancy Lee. She's a clinical psychologist in private practice in Beverly Hills, California. She's the author of Don't Sleep With Him Yet, A Badass Guide to Dating and 10 Empowering Steps. She is a Vitals Patients Choice Award recipient, and she applies a unique blend of clinical and scholarly expertise to interpersonal relationships, depression, anxiety, and psychosexual desire and functioning. She's been interviewed by many, the Los Angeles Times, Cosmo, Oprah Magazine, Bustle, Yahoo News, and more. And she's been featured on the Jenny McCarthy Show, iHeartRadio, LA Talk Radio, and of course, Last First Date Radio. This is her second appearance here. We loved her so much, we brought her back. Welcome back, Dr. Nancy Lee. Oh, I'm thrilled to be with here with you, Sandy, and continue the conversation. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Oh, thank you. So um, I loved your book and um, would like, like to hear from you. How does your book empower women to thrive in today's often confusing and frustrating dating scene and sex culture? A theme of the book, a running theme, and this is fits right in with your theme of being proactive, is standing up for yourself. So ironically, my book grows out all of these contrived rules. I tell women, go with the rule of your heart and your head. 
So it really is about being proactive as so insofar as what do you, what is it that you really want? Not what this guy you're dating wants or what you think that society says is expected of you. But it really is about arming yourself with knowledge and using that knowledge and trusting your instincts to really make this about whether it's dating or anything else in life, really, what, what is it that I want? Mm, I love that. I, as you know, we are aligned in this area. <laughs> I yes, just, yes. I think, you know, and I, and I lived a lot of my life not trusting my instincts. So I totally get it. And it's so easy to fall into societal norms, pressure from parents, from the outside world. So how, how do you suggest people start tapping into their instinct? First of all, you learn to trust it. What's really interesting, Sandy, psychologically, is that studies show that women don't trust their own intuition and instincts, whereas men do. A reason for that is because, again, neuroscientific research shows that we have way more packed, dense neurons in that area of our brain that's responsible for emotional decision-making, which is what intuition is all about. So we second-guess ourselves and we overanalyze things. Again, that, those densely packed neurons can work re really well for us in some situations, but when we start doubting ourselves, it works against us. Yeah, so we so some of it is biological. Some is biological and some is acculturated. We have an we have this major external locus of control, meaning so you you do you do these experiments even when even from the time women are really young in grade school. Okay, if if you say ask a group of fifth graders why they did really badly on a test okay the the boys will say because the teacher was unfair the questions were unfair the test was too hard the the, the women will and sometimes accurately say oh i didn't study hard enough or i messed up extrapolating from that with our instincts we we stop trusting ourselves so there's an acculturation with that too, where women tend to be people pleasers. Um, we're looking out for everybody but ourselves. Yeah. So it's interesting the difference between men and women yeah. and how men respond differently than women. And I have found in dating as well, like men tend to know, like, that they, person is good for me. That person's not, and they just they just go on, right? And they act on it. They're much yeah. more black. They're much more black and white. And we're on the mm -hmm. phone with our with our girlfriends with them. <laughs> we can think of this guy, but wait, what does he mean? That this and that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, again, and I did this, but wait, it wasn't the right thing, or it was wrong, or what's he going to think of me? But there's mm -hmm. look a little of that of that is fine, but in the extreme, it really you do yourself a detriment. Rather than, yes. wait, I feel this way, why should I doubt that instinct? And by the way, your instincts <laughs> turn out to be correct 99% of the time. Yes. So it's, it's all about trusting them. 
Yeah. So how do we begin to trust? So if you if you've spent your whole life overanalyzing and and not trusting your instinct, can you share just one one step people can take to start to trust? Think about the word people pleasing. So it's very tied in. But change that to self pleasing. Okay. So if you start focusing on I am pleasing myself, you will also start listening to yourself. And that's where instincts come in. So when, when you have the instinct that, wait a minute, this guy is so good on paper, but I'm getting a really weird feeling about him, don't dismiss that. Listen to that. That weird feeling, that kind of way, something's not quite right. If you're feeling something is not quite right, listen to that. Something is not quite right. Don't be like, something is not quite right, but hey, the rest of things seem great, so I'm just going to overlook that. Because again, I guarantee six months from now or six weeks from now, you'll, you'll be asking yourself, why didn't I listen to that? Mm. And, that and that meaning your instinct. That's a great way to remember it from people pleasing to self pleasing. Because, oh my God, women are so notoriously people pleasers much more than a lot of men, but men are too. <laughs> men are people pleasers too. Uh, but yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I was just talking to a client about how the coronavirus has given us the opportunity to tune into self care more than anything. I mean, we are home alone, most of us, and you know, are we taking yes. care of ourselves first? Because otherwise we are depleted. We are completely depleted. And so I, so many of my clients are now upping the ante on exercise, eating healthy, cooking food, you know, all the stuff that we need to fill our cup. And I'm going to add one more, saying no to somebody mm -hmm. who is pressuring you to get together, whether it's a date or, or anyone else. Mm -hmm. So if you don't feel comfortable getting together with somebody and they're, you know, say you've just started dating someone and they're, oh, come on, you know, we'll, it, it's just, I'm, I'm keeping safe. You definitely now have the conviction to say, hello, my life could be at stake. I mean, maybe not like that, but again, it's, it shouldn't take a pandemic for us to be able to say no to pressure Think about the title of my book, don't sleep with him yet. <laughs> but but that's again looking at silver linings, it's it seems that this has been empowering in terms of standing up for oneself for a lot of women who normally have a lot more trouble saying that. Yeah, right. There's more of a defining line in the sand than there had been for a lot of people. So yes, totally. Um, yeah, so as a therapist, are there any surprising thoughts or issues regarding sex and relationships that you've heard from men? Do we have an hour and hour? <laughs> there, are, there, 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 are so, there are so many. So some of the ones that I was really surprised with initially would, when, would be when men would come in and talk about how a lot of women were initiating sex with them on early dates and they really didn't even want to have sex with the women but they were going along with it anyway because they didn't want their dates to think that he was somehow le less than or just some somehow 
again, it, it's sort of reversed because women are always concerned about being judged by men, but they didn't want to be judged poorly by the women. So they talk about, you know, I've been dating this woman, we're, we're dating a while, and um, I just feel she's not right for me, but the women initiated sex. And by sex, I'm talking about pretty, pretty extreme sleeping together. I'm not just saying like she kissed me. So it's, mm-hmm. it's fair, fairly far along. And they would go along with it, but, but that's about like, that's it. Just going along with it, but not really wanting to. So that's, that's, that actually surprised me. Um, another, I, I probably shouldn't be surprised by this, and this is definitely a much more positive example, is how romantic men can be sometimes. So men come in and they're, oh, they're smitten by a woman or, they, or even a, you know, a woman that they've been dating for a year or two, and they're talking about how can I propose and I want to do it in the most, um, I want her to be floored and they, they can just be so romantic, even more romantic than women. So I, I like that surprise because it, it, it defies stereotypes in a way. I mean, we've all, known, we've, we've all known men who are romantic and some who are like pretend not to be, but that's, that's, I'm, I'm always a little bit surprised by that. Back to the negative, I know I'm kind of going back and forth, um, something that really surprised me, and this is negative, that I hear from some men is that they're, they, they agree to be in, ex- in an exclusive relationship, but then they come to me, again, as a psychologist, and they're feeling, quote unquote, guilty because they know that this is not a woman that they want to be with permanently. So they have the talk, okay, we're together, we're not sleeping with anybody else, we're exclusive. Meanwhile, she's thinking, this guy's going to be my husband. And he's thinking, I'm going to be dumping her in seven or eight months. So that's, that was really a surprise to me. But even more surprising is that wasn't just one man I heard that from. So does that answer your question? I mean, I, yeah. could, I could keep going. So I'm, I'm curious about the last one. Um, so if he knows he's going to dump her and he's already said yes to exclusivity, um, why is he staying? That's such oh. a good question. That's such a good question. And that's exactly what you could be the therapist in the office. That's my question to him. Like, why, why, like why even be in a relationship? Right. So the, the, Men will say, I want to be in a relationship. I'm lonely. I've dated, like, you know, not a hundred, but I've dated 10 women in the last month and I really like her, but I don't see anything long-term, but still they want a companion. They want to have somebody to call and go to dinner with. They want to travel. They want to travel with somebody. So it's kind of like they're in this relationship because they do like the person and it's convenient. And they're tired of going on first dates. They're tired of going on first dates. But mm-hmm. this is the difference. This is they know that this is not it for them. And the women tend to feel like this is it for for me, for for you know, that they're partners. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And it's very different. Look, that's different from players where psychologically it's all about sexual gratification 
Mm-hmm. So, and, and sometimes they'll lead a woman on. It, in fact, these guys, so the guys that I'm talking about in starting out relationships are not saying, I love you. They're mm-hmm. saying, let's be exclusive, but they're not saying, I love you. You're going to, the difference between that guy and a player is the player will say, I love you, not mean it, because it's just, it's not even about a relationship. It's all about sex. But he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be pretending, he'll be the one that says, oh, I want to marry you. I want to marry you. You know, we're going to have this amazing life together. I want to blend our families. And he doesn't mean any of it. That's the player. So mm-hmm. there, that's a distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, it's interesting. I think women do it too. Uh, women definitely get involved with men and, and don't really it's sort of a placeholder, but it works for a time, right? The time and then, being. and the guy is thinking this is it, right? Uh, but it probably happens more often that women are all in and men are have one foot out. <laughs> it seems to happen lately that exactly that, that women seem to be much more all in and men are, it's a great way to put it, one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So women pay attention to the signs and don't, um, don't project, right? Don't make assumptions. What would you say to those women? Communicate. And, yeah. and it's fine. This, this comes back to, again, like a standing theme of the book is stand up for yourself. It's okay to ask like what this guy is thinking and feeling. There's tact. You don't have to do it in a way like, okay, we're going to be married next year. Right. But, there are questions to ask and ways to feel things out where if your partner is being really evasive, that's not a good sign. But mm-hmm. definitely speak up. So too many times women are dating men and they're afraid. Like I again, as a therapist, and I also am a woman. I have, you know, I, I'm a woman, I've experienced things, I have girlfriends, it's it's all mixed together. Um, but too many times it seems that they're afraid to speak up because, oh my gosh, that's going to seem pushy. Or I don't want him to think I'm this serious. No, like if you are serious, you want to get that, you want to get that across. That's fine. Yeah. Actually, research even shows that, and this goes back to your point, Sandy, about being proactive, that people who express their goals, they communicate their goals, their values, what they want in life, attract partners who have the same goals. So absolutely communicate what you want. It's really mm-hmm. important. Don't have a hidden agenda or don't think, okay, well, he knows that. He should know that. Oh my God. Yeah. All that mind reading. It doesn't yeah, work, right. ladies. It does not, <laughs> this does not work. Yeah. I, I dated a guy once after a number of dates. I knew that I wanted to just focus on him. There was just, you know, he, he was different enough and stood out enough from the other men. And it was, I think, the first time that I asked to be exclusive before waiting for a man. And and, and I just said and it so simply. You. Yeah, I, I was proud of myself, and I advocate good. for women to do the same thing. It's like I just said, I, I like you. I'd like to focus only on you. I didn't say I'm madly in love with you. I didn't say this right. is it forever. Yeah, right. I said exactly. what was true in the moment. And he was like, oh, my God, yes. And he went and closed See, out a whole bunch of things that he had open. That going um, on, yeah. Right, but without that talk, I would have assumed that he felt the way I did, and <clears throat> I would have been, I would have been much more passive. 
And, um, and I wouldn't have been happy, you know, and he wouldn't have known what I wanted. So it's important to, to speak up. And see how empowered, not only was it empowering for you, but it also had a, it, it, it went really well because it, it just, it went well. But even if it hadn't, even if he had said, Sandy, I don't want to be ex exclusive, you still would have been in, empowered in that, okay, you know that you would have found found something out really important so yeah. this is it's it's a it's a win-win all the way I around. agree I agree I, and if he would have said no I would have probably kept my options open I, I might have still seen him but I wouldn't have slept with him and you know it's 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 information that's important as you're gathering data on somebody you're finding out stuff right absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you said an important thing, da da data, knowledge, whether it's about a person or just about how attraction and attachment works, which, which by the way, six years research my book, I, I guess, spent years counseling women and I was reading Cosmopolitan magazine at nine years old. So I've always been interested in, oh, I didn't know what sex was at nine, but date, but just think having to do with attraction and, and attachment so but i would never have women just take my word for it so anything i say in this book i've got a hundred references it's, it's very much backed up by research yeah um i'm just going to take a pause for a second okay. um so nancy why do you think so many women today have sex out of obligation and not real desire there's, I think that the answer to that is they're putting men's needs and wants before their own. So what I hear a lot from women is, oh gosh, I really didn't want to sleep with him, but if I didn't go along with it, he'd be angry. Or he would just, if I didn't sleep with him, he would just dub me and move on to somebody else. The irony of this is especially in the last scenario is he's going to move on to somebody else anyway there's you know you look at you look at hookup culture and expectations and you combine that with people pleasing and there you have a situation where women become more concerned about what they feel they're quote unquote supposed to do versus just what they really want to do, which is what I talk about, desire versus obligation. Mm. Yeah, there we go back to people-pleasing instead of self-pleasing. Right. Yeah. It's, um, once you get that out, like that whole what you're supposed to do, I mean, who tells you what you're supposed to do? That's like, it's determined by so many, so many outside sources that have nothing to do with what's right for you. And it's one of the reasons why when I'm coaching and probably I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it might be true for you too, that when you work with somebody, it's not giving them a step-by-step, -step, you know, all encompassing rule book. I know you're an anti-rule book right. person, um, yeah, right? Right. Because then we're not tuning into what's important to us. We're tuning into like some subscribed way of doing something that's not necessarily good for us. That's it, 
So well said, because that's really true. It's tuning into everybody else, whether it's cultural messages or men's messages. Look, on the other hand, there are times in a woman's life where it really, like she does just want to, you mentioned desire. She just, and this is in the book too, you're not looking for a cosmic connection. It really, Sandy, is just about desire, but it's also about owning that, choosing somebody that's going to respect you and really owning why you're being intimate with somebody. If it's surely for the intimate intimacy and it feels right, then this this or the timing feels right to you. Then then you're owning that. It's not like you're sleeping with somebody because you want to hook this person in because it just doesn't work like that. Also, mm-hmm. again, yes, they're they're if any anybody who says there's a three month rule, or or if you're talking to a guy, there's a one month rule. Well, we, I've got it. You know, if we're not sleeping together by 30 days, that's you know I'm moving on. Like you don't want that guy in your life. Mm-hmm. There, there's there are like yes, I say throw out the rules, but that said, in like there's in one chapter of my book, I I put some guidelines in there for when you're confused. So asking yourself questions like, do I feel valued? Am I, do I feel respected? Does it feel right? Do I feel close with this person? And again, there's different guidelines for whatever you want. If you want to, if you really do want a committed relationship, your guideline is going to be different than if it's just, okay, I just, you know, maybe for a woman who has been in a sexless marriage and she's out there dating and just wants to really feel that physical connection. So her guideline might be, be respected, value, your, value yourself. Whereas a, maybe a woman who is, who is looking, and again, we change at different parts of times and different ages and times in our life. What we want is different. But when a woman is looking for a committed relationship, one of the guidelines that I say is, is this, does, does your partner express compassion and empathy and kindness towards you? Um, which is going to come out when you're sleeping together and it's going to come out 10 years later when, when you're raising, when you're raising kids or, um, or just going through an adversity in life, going through a pandemic, for example. So again, there are different guidelines that don't have anything to do with time, but it's, it's, again, it goes back to the rule of your heart and your head and what is it that you really want out of a relationship and again each relationship can be relationships can be different for the very same person mm-hmm. yeah really good points and i think this distinction between rules and guidelines is really important there are guidelines there are principles but there are no one size fits all rules so let's Definitely. talk about um, let's talk about men to avoid. You have you have some categories oh, of men to avoid, <laughs> and this can be a long a long topic. But let's let's just get to some of the top men that people women should look out for. So again, I'm in Beverly Hills, which may may make this a self you know a, a self selected sample. But there's a lot of narcissists running around, and I just do want to qualify the point that narcissism is is not exclusive. To men, there are female narcissists as well, but we're talking about men right now. So a narcissistic guy is going to be very charming 
And often women come to me and first session or so, they're absolutely enthralled. A, a guy who's, who's typically prominent or prominent in some way, he might be very handsome or possibly wealthy, but also very, very charming. And they're on cloud nine. So what happens with a narcissist? Because narcissism is hallmarked by a lack of empathy or an insensitivity to the feelings of others, down the line, same woman who is absolutely enraptured with this man comes in weeks later and is talking about how cold her partner is. So again, he's charming. He lures her in. They're already, you know, heavy into um, heavy into especially you know sexual relationship because narcissists are really good at getting what they want. Um, but he's when she talks about herself or her needs or her con concerns, she's met with coldness. So mm -hmm. that's that's actually really common, unfortunately. And by the way, one way, one almost surefire way to recognize that you're dating a narcissist really early on is, believe it or not, how they treat a server in a restaurant. So you're on a date, the narcissist is going to be the guy that really talks down to the server, and you're just going to be thinking to, my, thinking to yourself, wow, did I really hear that? Because remember, they're... The, the hallmark, I get once again, of narcissism is really an insensitivity to other people's feelings, whether it's you or that server in a restaurant. They're going to want service immediately, and down the line, they're going to want you to comply with their request pretty immediately as well. Mm. Does that sound like anybody you know, Sandy? Uh, yeah, just a few. <laughs> Um, okay. I think the, the narcissist word gets thrown around a lot and, um, you know, I think that women need to just pay attention, like they want to have a diagnosis. And I often tell women, just pay attention to the signs. You know, if he's super charming, if he's insensitive, he lacks empathy, if he's speaking down to a waiter, then you pretty much know this person's not for you. We don't, we don't really need to have a label for him, do we? the labels can be absolutely detrimental when they're used incorrectly that's so true because narcissism is also overused a little mm -hmm. bit of charming is a little bit of charm is fun and it's attractive but you mentioned a really important word super narcissist super narcissistic when somebody is over the top they keep bragging about themselves they don't stop bragging about themselves and fishing for compliments, then you know it's over the top. Um, so, and also a lot of women especially confuse selfishness with narcissism. So if a guy is kind of self-centered um, and he typically wants his own way, but he does show kindness and empathy towards you and he's sensitive towards your needs, that's not narcissism per se. So yes, the term, it's, 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 helpful to understand what it really means because ironically then you can throw out the label and just look at these attributes mm -hmm. another another really um, common 
So again, I call them men to avoid in, in the book, but remember women, women can be quote unquote guilty of this as well, but emotional manipulators is, is, a, is a very common category. So technically an emotional manipulator is somebody who tries to gain control in a relationship by causing their partner to doubt their own perceptions. So they, they really want to control their partner's perceptions and behavior, and they do it in a very deceptive or underhanded or at worst devious means. So I'm going to give you two examples of that. Okay. A really common one, you're out with a guy and you're out on a date and he's, he's staring at his cell phone the whole time or a lot of the time, too much of the time. So you just very tactfully say, hey, you know, can, is it, can you put your cell phone away right now and let's, let's just focus on each other. So a great guy is going to say, hey, honey, oh, wow, babe, I didn't realize I was doing that. I'm sorry. Yeah, like putting the cell phone, the cell phone's out of sight. An emotional manipulator will look at you and say, you know, you're always criticizing me. Um, that's so mean. Again, trying to cause you to doubt your own perceptions. Now, an extreme example of an emotional manipulator would be you're in a relationship with somebody. You happen to glance at his phone and notice texts um, or worse from a coworker and they're flirtatious or pictures or you know something really sexy and you call him out on it and this is classic emotional manipulation you're crazy you're you're paranoid we were talking about work meanwhile he's having an affair with her so does again does that resonate with anyone you know sandy <laughs> absolutely um so let's talk about some specific strategies for somebody who's involved with anybody like this you call i'm glad you asked that because that's really important you learn to call them out on i don't want to say a profanity on the air I'll say you call them out. I, you know what I was about to say. Mm -hmm. You call them out on their stuff. So, for example, in the when if if there's an example where again, like the cell phone one, which is actually a really really common thing that happens all the time, if somebody comes back to you and says you're critical or you're mean, you 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 look them in the eye and you say, actually, no, I'm not. So I'm not going to, you say, I'm actually not being mean. What I'm doing is calling you out on, on something that's rude. So again, you're careful not to get to their level and say, hey, you're this or you're that. But you really target the behavior in what you're saying. You're saying that it's just plain rude to be staring at a cell phone. Anybody would agree with that? No, of course I'm not mean. Don't pull that stuff on me. Mm, I love that. That's that's very direct. And this can be used with anyone in your life. It doesn't only have to be somebody you're dating, because I can think of a few people who tend to do this who are not in a dating relationship. Um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, as we're wrapping up, um, if you can just 
say some of the most important takeaways that you want women to take away from this book. Always stand up for yourself. That's so important. Don't doubt standing up for yourself. Because if you stand up for yourself, people will start to respect you and value you. It, from, from me, who, by the way, I, I, was, I could have been the queen of people-pleasing for years. There's a reason we go into psychologists, therapists, <laughs> build myself. But um, it, it's, a, it's a lesson that I, it, it was very hard one for me, but it really is so empowering. So that's number one. Also, if you're out there looking for a partner, remember to choose somebody who is going to enhance your life, not define your life. Don't get yourself connected with a man that's going to bring you down. You want somebody to elevate your life, make it more fun, make it better. So that's something that's another message that stands out through, throughout the book. I love that. Yeah, I think a lot of older women think that having a man in their life will will take them down, will exhaust them because their past experiences have been with men who did not add value and didn't elevate. And so I just want to underscore this, that with the right partner, your life will grow. Your life will be enhanced and to please have hope that this person exists and believe that this person exists. But a lot of it is, as Dr. Nancy Lee says, it's about you knowing what your values are and what you want out of other people. Because if you don't define it, you won't get it, right? That's so true. And also another thing that you reminded me of is sometimes, often, when women have gone through an abusive relationship, whether or not it's in a marriage, they come out more empowered to recognize what they don't want. Like, okay, wait a minute, I've been through this kind of manipulation, this abuse, so I really want to look for a partner that is going to improve my life, not bring me down. And that's, that's, that's so empowering and so important. Mm. Yes. Well, this is Another fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show again. And I hope everybody goes out and gets the book. It is excellent. Don't Sleep With Him Yet, A Badass Guide to Dating in 10 Empowering Steps. Uh, Dr. Nancy Lee, how can people find you and get your book? So as of the moment, the best way, well, the best way to find the book right now is through Amazon. Through Amazon. Uh, I know Barnes & Noble also carries it. Um, as for me, definitely please follow me on Instagram. My handle is B-R-N-A-N-C-Y-L-E-E, -E, so it's for Dr. Nancy Lee. Um, the book's Facebook page is Don't Sleep With Him Yet, forward slash the book. And my website is literally days away from, it should have been live today, so I apologize, but it's all new. It's all remodeled. It's going to be amazing because in, in addition to the things you mentioned that I'm doing, there's, there's a couple more even, even. So it's going to be a really fun website. And that's just remember my Instagram handle. So it's the same, drnancylee.com. But do follow me on Instagram because I'll, I'll, be posting, um, I'll, be, I'll be posting what I'm doing and all sorts of recent things. So, and awesome. thank you so much, Sandy, for having me. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing this important work and for reminding women to respect themselves first and please yourself first. Thank you everyone for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.